0: Wounded but not broken With host Patrick Scroggins As a U.S. Army attack helicopter pilot deployed in Iraq Patrick faced a devastating crash Which resulted in him dying Losing a leg and a slew of broken bones Patrick's story of rehabilitation has helped others to overcome their own obstacles Each week, Patrick recounts stories of inspiration And interviews guests who have overcome remarkable obstacles This is Wounded But Not Broken, with your host, Patrick Scroggins.
1: Okay, welcome to Wounded But Not Broken. Tonight is a very special show with a very special guest, Um, and it embodies what it means to be wounded but not broken. This man has given up so much for us to live over the bl- blanket of freedom and has a wonderful attitude despite all of the injuries and odds he's had to overcome. Tonight, I have Joel Travera on. Joel?
2: Hey, what's up? What's up, You're man? About a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: yeah, <laughs> I think as, as we go along, people are going to realize it's a little bit more than a flesh wound. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I
2: yeah, know. So, uh, I know, so I was in Florida, man. Uh, weather feels perfect right now. Everybody else is crying about this like 40, 30, 40, 50 degree weather. And I'm just in t-shirt Crocs and t-shirt Crocs and shorts, loving life.
1: Yeah. You got, well, yeah, it's probably different for you. I mean, you would probably like the cold a lot better being um, burnt so bad. Right. I mean, you
2: don't participate. Growing up in North Carolina, I had every season. Like I was just there this last weekend on Saturday morning, we got snow. We got snow, it was like two, three inches and it was melted by the afternoon. It was nice to get like that season. I got snow a few weeks before that in Western Tennessee when I was duck hunting. And then the week before that in Reno for sheep show, uh, about two weeks before that, uh, there was not so much snow, it was just nice and cold. It was refreshing and then in town. I was in quarter for some more duck hunting. Uh, that not snowy, but it is what it is. I picked up waterfowl hunting, uh, three years ago.
3: Yeah, uh,
1: I, we'll get it, we'll get into the hunting in a little bit because ahead. I think as we get into and people understand what you've been yeah. through and what you've overcame, I think it's going to be a much more of a, uh, profound message that you have once they That's find cool. out how bad you're hurt. So if you would, if you would, just, just. Just give me a, just give me a general, general overview of your, your growing up and, and you're coming to the age of joining the military. Why'd you join?
2: And, and uh, what did you I'm, do? A mil- I'm a military brat, uh, that was a Marine, uh, then retired from the army reserves, national guard in the Carolinas. So I ended up growing up in North Carolina. It turned ages three through 19 in North Carolina. It's a wonderful state. People don't like it. Uh, I love it. I miss it this home this hard, home is where the heart is um i e Fort Bragg. I don't give them any shout outs. That's a horrible place. You love it or you hate it. be <laughs> <laughs> real here. most people can relate either you love the place or you hate the place it's uh it's interesting. I mean, hey, I didn't grow up around that area. I grew up on the marine base, cherry Point um I grew up as a kid. I always thought I wanted to be marine like my dad and uh after high school I had shoulder surgery, senior year, of high school, I played all different sports, soccer, basketball, baseball, one year wrestling, and then football and track. Um, I hurt my shoulder senior year, of high school. I have three pins on my shoulder. Um, after losing all that, did a year college went to the side of the time to join the military. My shoulder felt up to par. Uh, walked into every recruiter's office, started with the Navy, then the Air Force, the Marine Corps, then the Army. Um, the Army and the Marine Corps were the promising ones, because so the Air Force didn't want really much to do with me, because there were plenty of people joining, and the uh, Marine Corps, there's no guarantee of a job, and they wouldn't really uh, waver me for my shoulder surgery, so I didn't want to go there and be like, hey, you can't join the Marine Corps, like, damn, that would have sucked. Um and I went to the army, like, hey, you know, all the lies, you know how it is. Uh, look the options, here it's communications, job was what I wanted. UT scores everything else, as rival wonderful. So it wasn't it was never about the bonus. It was serving our nation co our nation 'cause we were at war and whether there's gonna be a draft or not didn't matter. I joined, I got a chance to do what I wanted to do. Knock it out, get my life together, because I kind of got in a few bad habits being stuck at home. And yeah, moved on. Kind comes joined the Army for that reason. Needed to get out of life, get out of home, get away from home. And the biggest mistake is I left home. So I did grow up, and now I'm stuck in Florida.
1: Gotcha. So you joined the Army just because... Well, I mean, I'm assuming because of, of what had happened, uh, it had a little bit to do with it, correct or no?
2: Yeah. nine eleven kind of, I was in high school. I got out of, uh, algebra two class and down to my English course. And someone had walked, came into the room like they was, like they stopped the class like, Hey, they came in, they turned on the TV in the room. I'm like, everybody watch this. And I watched the towers get hit. I'm like, Oh, the second tower. I'm like, Oh gotcha. snap. Um, I already knew that people from my church were going to be gone on deployment. It wasn't until like, uh, two years later, that the deployment started. They didn't officially declare war until 2003. So I was, uh, junior, junior, like a year and a half later, units are being pushed, moved out deployed. And, uh, yeah, so people from my church were gone for like six, seven months at a time as Marines deployed for six, seven months deployments, sometimes eight months at the most. And, um, uh, you know, things were empty. So started seeing the differences to people being gone. And I was like, well, maybe this will be done by the time some high school. Nope. So <clears throat> knowing I was coming along, we had no clue how long it was going to be dragged for, dragged out for a long time. So the year after high school, I decided to join the military. So I did, I wanted I guess, caught window shopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I'd, at first I was like, i would never joined the army. I've been the, that was the service end of joining. So, gotcha. was, so, okay.
1: so you joined the army and your MOS was what?
2: 25 uniforms, signal support specialist.
1: Signal support specialist.
2: Yep. Gotcha. And
1: so, so you joined the army, went through basic, you did all that, went through your training. So what, what was your first deployment?
2: Um, uh, only deployment. <laughs> <laughs> only deployment, okay. <laughs> yeah, only deployment was to Iraq, oh,
1: yeah.
2: I was in Nazaria, and I was off of Camp Delta. I was pushed around a few different places, so it was a hop, skip, grab my stuff, jump on a plane, or jump on a helo, or jump on a convoy and go. Right.
1: So on on, on this deployment, so when when you got there, I mean, I you know I, I know what you did, but I'm just trying to. I want everybody to kinda of get a picture of your of your day
2: of what you would do leading up to it depends on yeah. what I was doing. When I got there I was with two of my NCOs. I was teaching at a little transport school that we had set up on the base. When you got there the units, we taught you how to use the M- the MT the the Blue Force tracker, the MTS, the Harris radio, the dagger. And we gave you the basics on those things and then you got turned to learn how to roll. You how to get out of a Humvee if you're Humvee rolled. We, we we taught the schools for that. I was there as an uh, assistant instructor as an E4, uh, yeah, as, a, as, a, as a specialist. I was an assistant instructor for that. I did that for about a month and a half in the country. Then I picked up working on the FARP, the fuel ammunition refill point. I was working on the FARP with communications, keeping things running um then i was working with the cpm which is another thing in the communications world i was working with that with the switches and routers, making sure we had comms where it was going um helped take over the talk left one of the other soldiers that was with me underneath me i left him working on the talk and the other one was kind of floating around doing other odd jobs then i left there and went to camp delta and then I left for about a week. I had to go down to COP9 because their wires, their complete system was set up, was messed up. They had an incoming mortar come in, and it messed up the communication system. So I went down there to help the Aussies out, ran complete the network altogether. Um, was passed out for a few weeks to a reserve unit um that was actually within, not the brigade, but it was within the, uh, shoot, Within within the deployment, we were so passed out to a unit, so got a chance to play a uh, radio guy. It's fun. Yeah, it fun. yeah, 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 for sure. So, there's, so a different things. So, I, I was passed out. Uh, I was jack of all trades, and master of none, but I knew my sh- I knew my stuff. I'm not cursing. I knew my stuff, and uh, when things would come down from my lieutenant, like sir, they'd say Tavera, we'll grab your stuff and go. We need someone to go to such and such place. How long is it going to be, there? Like, you'll be, you'll be down for about a week. Take your things right. and go, like, no problems. Am I hopping a bird or am I taking a convoy? You get a bird this time. And then the next time, like, uh, you're hopping on a convoy. I'm like, great. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: yeah. I mean, so you, you had one of the MMOs's that was, you were kind of like a utility guy. I mean, they just kind of sent
2: you where you, you were needed. So you, you just jumped around learned, a lot. To learned different... a lot of, I learned, learned a lot of, you know, learned a lot of jobs. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so, volunteer. So... Never volunteer yourself again. <laughs>
1: So how long were you in country before your, your incident?
2: Five months and 17 days. Five months and 17 days. That's all it takes. All it only takes one day. It That's wasn't the for first sure. time I shot at. It wasn't the first time I shot at, but it was the uh, only time that it really affected me.
1: Right. And so, five, do you remember, what was the date of that?
2: March 12th of 2008. March 12th of 2008. That 12th. was
1: so. That was the day that changed Joel's life. Yeah, forever. Mm-hmm. March first, two thousand eight. No, twelfth. March twelfth. March twelfth. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, gotcha. Well, so we're going to break word from our sponsors, and when we come back, we're going to start there. March twelfth of two thousand eight. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. We'll be right back.
0: Rose. So put your next to mine. So put your next to mine. You're listening to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggin. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors.
4: My father was the best truck driver I've ever known in my life. Like at family tradition. I'm a truck driver myself. I drove around the state with my cat.
2: To be the truck driver, you not just only see where you go, you see the world in the larger perspective. This is a really good time to be in the trucking industry. The dispatchers get good loads for them. The equipment is very new,
0: and then it's very reliable.
4: At GTS Transportation, we make dreams come true by employing truck drivers, dispatchers, mechanics, and many other occupations. Consider joining our rapidly expanding team where we put quality, human dignity, and respect back into the workforce. Contact us by visiting our website at gtscarrier.com or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667.
3: Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio Broadcast for over 15 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com.
4: If you are one of the 20 million veterans who served in the United States military, then this message is for you. During your time in the service, you might have experienced conditions and mishaps to have, or will have, an impact on your health and quality of life. Sometimes it takes years for these conditions to manifest themselves. Most veterans ignore the early warning signs and therefore miss opportunities that could have improved their health or extended their life. It is important that you identify underlying conditions early while you have a chance to make a difference. The VDAC software was created to help you identify presumptive service-connected conditions as well as assist you with filling out any of your VA disability forms. Not every veteran wants to file a claim. However, knowing what health issues to be aware of is an added benefit of living a long, healthy life. For those who want to file for their VA disability, the VDAC application greatly simplifies and expedites this process and therefore produces a perfectly filled out VA disability form with supporting material. For more information, go to nifv.org. Again, that's nifv.org. The goal of VDAC, the Veterans Disability Application Caddy, is to empower you, the veteran, with a quick and easy tool that aids you with filling out your VA disability forms.
0: Welcome back to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggins.
4: Hello, everybody. Welcome
1: back. We're here with Joel. We're just getting to March 12, 2008, his injury. And I just, I want to quickly, I'm just going to kind of go over uh, the injuries that I know. I mean, Joel was burnt um, pretty bad. Uh, he lost his sight. He lost his right leg below the knee. And I'm going to let Joel explain the, what caused that, and then we're going to get into that a little bit more. Joel, if you would like to take us back to that day and, and yeah, this kind time, of no problems, guys.
2: no problems. It <clears throat> was a rocket attack. They put those uh, rockets and uh, drums, those waste, uh, those waste drums, on a little, uh, they put on little trajectory uh, um, brackets, and they set them on a time lapse. You know, you destroyed a lot of those at night time. Um, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they did, and the lucky shot was on a Tuesday morning. March twelfth, two thousand eight, was a Tuesday morning, if I remember right. <clears throat> got got a uh, got off the bus and missed there on the base to get to my unit, to where I needed to get situated. I had volunteered the day before. Actually, I was kind of passed out. My volunteers to take a duty that a lazy soldier didn't want to take. Cause he just wasn't motivated. I was like, "What the hell? I'm, I'm gone in two days. I'm gonna go on my, my mid leave, term leave, and that's how I'm gonna leave to get out of the military. But on my midway mid tour leave, and uh, I actually didn't need to be on that. I did not have to be on that. I volunteered unnecessarily. I was like, you know whatever. what? What could I hurt? Well, it did hurt. <laughs> it hurt a lot." It wasn't bad. I, uh, yeah, the Rockets, first, I heard the first one hit their camp. Second one, start whistling. Like, oh, great. I braced, opened the door, hit the truck, I swung out. Um, it killed three of the five guys. It injured me pretty drastically. Um, yeah, I had to remove a piece of my skull in the middle east. I, my left hand was mostly burnt down to the bone, so it's been reconstructed missing my fingertips. Uh strapped all over the place. Behind my brain, behind my eyes. One eye was blown out completely, the other one was fried like an egg. Uh what else? It was burned over sixty five percent. And I did lose the right leg below the knee, so missing one leg, have a hammer toe on my left foot. It's been pretty interesting. Um walking, I've completed ten, five K's since then. Uh, two jogging. The rest have been like fast paced walking and motivating. Ah, whatever. I did it for myself. Stay healthy. er. uh, I don't know. I don't know. Just, um, did what I could to the standards of the army while I was still in. And it kept me on board for surgeries, 120 plus surgeries so far. Most of them are skin grafts. So.
1: Yeah. And so. I mean, obviously, your injuries are very significant. I mean, yeah. so how how long how long did you spend uh, on your initial stay in the hospital? Do you think?
2: Oh, March twelfth, two thousand eight. I was injured. I woke up from my coma eighty-one days later. They didn't put me in a coma. I went to a coma myself. Eighty-one days. I woke up, and then after I woke up, it was October of that same year. I was transferred to called the Polytrauma here in Tampa, Florida. And I stayed there from October of the to the March of 2010, when I was flown to Brook County Medical Center, the burn center, to take care of some problems, got a cotton infection at the hospital. Um, they got rid of it in Brook Army Medical Center. And then I got a little taste of not living in the hospital and it was awesome. So when I went back to Tampa, I did not go to a hospital. I went to an apartment instead, And it was quite nice. Taste of freedom sucks living in a hospital when you have to, but I really didn't have to, so it worked out nicely in my favor. Yeah.
1: And so, I mean, just, I'm just trying to put myself in your position. I mean, obviously I was hurt, not nearly as significantly as you were. And, and most people weren't, I mean. You know, you're very fortunate to be here and you're I'm very blessed.
2: I am very blessed to be here and whatnot. It's just I nice sound interesting. It yeah,
1: I mean we're very, we're all we're all blessed in that aspect, but you yeah. uh you you for sure. And so once you figured out or once you realized how bad your injuries were, what did what did that do to you? Your mental state? I mean I was
2: impressed. That was horrible. Like, what the hell am I my, my, I'm thinking WTF. I'm not gonna say it out loud, like I said, I was like, man what am I supposed to do with myself? I can't do nothing for myself. I was like I was could a shower myself, couldn't even wipe my own butt. I couldn't do a lot of things for myself. I was just hurting all the time. I mean, hyped up on fentanyl, morphine, uh isocoding. I had all sorts of drugs in my system. It was not good because of the burns. Then slowly I was weeded off most of that stuff. And uh you know, the worst thing I was on the Potomac Gavapin. And all the other stuff I get sporadically, but I don't even take that medicine anymore. I'm good. Like I don't I don't need it. A high pain tolerance. I realized I had a much higher pain tolerance than I thought. I didn't know that my right um my right foot was blown off. I had no clue. I didn't know that I felt like I was being hit by a freight train. Or was I like getting hit by a much larger defensive end or defensive tackle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's like getting a sideswipe by a defensive end. We're not expecting it to happen. That's a defensive end uh,
1: that blows up. I got it.
2: Yeah, um, like what, uh, what's his name? Yvonne Miller did to Tom Brady this last week, <laughs> I believe, before yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was a tough time for the Buccaneers. the Buccaneers. Okay. So,
1: so through all of this, man, yeah. Joel, you had to be – you said you were depressed, right? I was I very mean,
2: depressed. I was. I didn't know what to think, and – I came out of that depression. Just became, um,
1: what brought you out of that depression? What brought you out? What made you, what What made Joel say, you know what, that's it. I got to, I got to flip this.
2: Well, a lot of things. I mean, it wasn't my family being around, which is nice. I'm very fortunate to have my mom and my dad around me. My friends support and a lot of people praying for me. It's just it all came too, on a Saturday morning, because being a burn patient, I went from, I was about an inch and a half taller than I am now. <laughs> I went from like 217 down to like 139 pounds when I was in a coma. I went to just skin and bones. It was pretty depressing. And they were bulking me up. Insure and boost. Insure and boost. Lots of fat. <laughs> Insure. It's famous. Oh, God, it was horrible. It was. was it's
1: bad. bad. I did the same thing.
2: Boy, you know how it is. But yours worked out better because I gained the weight off back the horrible, the worst way. Wasn't muscular cause I wasn't really moving much. And, uh, I just started walking and adding the weight back in my body. I was able to start walking little by little, but 86 steps the first time. with the Walker then over oh, the support cane, then, then a little longer, a whole floor for the hospital. Then they're taking like all the steps to the top, like the seventh floor from the ground floor to the seventh floor and all the way back down as a workout. Started working out little by little. And I went to Texas, and everything really is bigger in Texas, including appetites. Uh, I, I got to like 183, 184, and I was comfortable. I went up to like 223 in Texas. God, the food was great there. People were wonderful. It's hard not to, hey, y'all come over and get some brisket. Like, this is amazing. So it was, uh, it was good. I gained a lot of weight, and then I lost it. Once I got off a of Gavin Penn, and I lost about 40 pounds, so back to my army regulation standard. It still was kind of fat to me, but whatever. Oh uh, yeah, was a few things that changed. It was, um, the support I had around me and God, my faith, my faith, my faith helped me a lot, praying a lot. And then my moments, Saturday mornings is always my favorite dad would go pick me up Sonic toaster sandwich with the tater tots and a large orange, orange juice. I was like, so I'd, in my mornings, I just feel inspired to pray by myself and do other things. And I um had a moment that hit, and I felt like something was coming to me. Because so I wrote music, and I love music. And I had my dad come back in, like, Dad, write this down for me real quick. Like, just thought process. And little by little, I had to recite what was going through my mind. And they did. I was able to put together a song with a friend of mine uh in 2009 and it was like shortly after that things came to the realization that I can do this. So, my head was healing. I was healing almost completely healed and then I caught MRSA in the hospital and they couldn't find a way to fix it and get rid of it. So, being on active duty I just pulled up like, look guys, you guys can't fix it. I'm going to Brook Army Medical Center. I let the drug people know within two days I had orders and I was on the I was on a a medical flight to Brook Army Medical Center. They got me cleared of it in about a month. And then I stayed there for an additional six months. So I was there from March to October. And it was a good time again. So I did March to October, March to October twice. Then the last time I did a stand at Brook Army Medical Center was March to May. So didn't need to stay to October. I had other things to do. I love Texas, but, you know, Texas is Texas. I didn't need to do that because I need to still fit my uniforms because so I'm still on active duty. <laughs> you know how it is. It's like it's what yeah. it is. Like yes, the regulations. Like I understand that, but I'm broke. It. the deal with it. I'm as I said the uniforms. So,
1: so Joel, in all of your injuries, mm-hmm. what do you think
2: was the most
1: challenging, and what it was, what was the hardest for you to to get through and to overcome?
2: Honestly, the hardest part to get over was when. I was finally, when my skull was fixed, they finally did my cranioplasty, and I was cleared. Uh, The day after my 27th birthday, I went to blind school in Chicago, Illinois. I went there. My parents took me up there. They left. I was there by myself, and I was there with instructors who taught me how to shower myself, how to clean myself, how to do my basics of everything. Like I had to relearn everything all over again as a blind person with an amputee and learning how to map things out in my brain. And it's actually worked out very well for when I travel, whether it's solo or with friends, it makes it much better and easier for me to maintain. Like when I learn something, I have my basics. And it's so I don't hurt myself. I don't get hurt doing things. I'm very slow. Once I'm comfortable with an area, I'm much more quicker in getting around, I'm much more independent for that reason. So it works out nicely. So I'm yep. not, really, not really worried about it. people don't have to check on me 24 seven. Like as long as I know where the important things are, I'm not worried about it. Like when I go to visit our prosthetist that we met, I used to be downstairs in the, uh, the basement and I knew where everything was, it was very easy. Everything was very close proximity. So I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't ever have to take a team to the bathroom. I knew where it's at, just followed the wall. And then amongst uh, other things, things are pretty chill. And I go other places, like, okay, well, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to grab my cane, go upstairs, take the stairs up. No hand- handles on one side, no handles on the other. That's fair. So I learned things as I get there. Like, if you're when I was at your place, and it wasn't bad, because I sat on the couch. That was a big couch. And I was like, yeah, hold on a second. I, said, I heard you guys off to the right. I didn't know that there was another piece of furniture there until I walked around. We got a photo together. And you were still trying on, uh, not the, I think he was programming your knee, I think at the time. So yeah, was it wasn't yeah, bad,
1: I tell you that visit, um, yeah, well, that was the first time we met and I'll quickly go over that. The first time That's I cool. met Joel, he flew in on a Bonanza with my process and I had no idea that he was blind and, and finally, you know, obviously I figured it out, but watching Joel navigate my house and upstairs and downstairs and all throughout it it was mesmerizing to me. I couldn't I mean it was crazy. It
2: was like spoken progress, man. If I lived there it'd be different, but I don't live there so I'm like I'm just very careful. I'm like on oh, I don't want to break anything. Especially after um knowing that you had like, you know, you almost had a finale on all your walls I'm like this is awesome. I'm like yeah. like well, I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: it was just amazing to me to see how well that you have a, have adjusted to your injuries. I mean, you know, I think I think we all go through an adjustment process and and you know, whether you know, I'm missing a leg above the knee, my back hurts. Big deal. But uh um, my, but my yeah. back
2: hurts too, man. <laughs> and yeah. We don't need to commit because, you know, we got celestials compared to double leg amputees.
1: Well, I mean, no, man, I mean, when you lose your sight and you burn like you are, man, it's, it's, it's something totally different. And, and you, I'm going to tell you what, you, you were such an inspiration to me and I, I don't know if you know this, but it was a burn patient that snapped me out of my depression and, um, to that, as soon as that happened, I don't, you probably know him, his name was Merlin German. Yeah, you know what,
2: honestly, you met Merlin? Oh yeah. I knew him really well. Yeah. I never met Merlin. Merlin gave my mom and dad hope when I was injured. She's like, you know what? 65%, he'll be okay. We were all in the operating room at the same time. And it, it came out that somebody died in the back room. His, the yeah. trait closed. I was under surgery at the time that happened. Nobody knew who died until it came back that he died. I was in the hospital in a coma still when he died. Yeah, I man. never met the man. But uh, I do know people who are in charge of his foundation, even after he passed. His mom and dad live here in Florida. We, I've, I've met his mother two, three times now, but I never met the man. He was an inspiration. For real, I just, he was a good man. I, I everything I heard. He's like, look, just like, mom was like, Wow he's like, look, cause he's Dominican. My Mom and dad are Dominican. And I thought that was pretty interesting. You go visit people like, look, I'm 97%. Like I'm okay. What, like yeah, I mean, he, used
1: to, he used to wear a T-shirt that said "I'm ninety seven ninety seven percent burn." What the hell are you gonna do?
2: Yeah, and he was uh, he was he was a motivational uh, a marine. He was a very motivating marine. That's one thing I do remember. I'm glad you met him. I never got a chance. To, I've heard nothing but stories about the guy. He yeah, uh, to tell me how one guy. He, he was.
1: actually he passed away right after we were uh, we went on a trip. To, I was on a trip to Florida with him, and then when he came back, he went in for a. A basic just skin graft and, and ended up passing away but um but the very first time I, the, yeah. the very first time i met him i was uh i was in a basically a full body cast laying in my bed feeling sorry for myself and my family had wheeled me out into uh, Bamsey. you know how the front of Bamsi has all the windows right yeah it was on the sixth floor and he was on the 6th floor at that time because uh for whatever he was doing but he was do- he was out there in the in front of the big windows and we were just looking outside and I looked over at him and we started talking that's how we met and i went back to my room and i was like listen you're never going to hear me bitch again ever about anything because that man is,
2: is, is you know he's my hero man i mean he, I, he's- i'm glad you knew him i've only heard wonderful stories about him and i know that he comforted my mother so and uh, I like to think that he was an angel left on this earth to help comfort others. And that's what he did. And that was a time I was in the hospital in a coma. So you were in the hospital too at that time then?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He had, uh, he had less than a 1% chance of living. And he lived for, uh, what, for almost five years. After what year?
2: What year were you injured? Uh,
1: 2007.
2: March that's March why the 2007. 2008, 2008. He was back at the hospital because he was already living off off base, and he's he still come back by the ward, the burn ward, to meet up with people. Him and another Marine, uh, Tony Porta, they'd come by the hospital, and uh, yeah, they come by the hospital and we, we they befriended them both. Uh, still friends with Tony, but never got a chance to meet Merlin.
1: Yeah, man, he was a great dude, and his his you know his memory, his story needs to go on through us, and uh, you know dad does. I, I try to tell people every time that's I didn't know but, that
2: you knew him. I didn't know that you knew him. I didn't know that you were even there, Bamsey. Like, that's where I went it. because of the burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that's the place to go. But yeah. hey, we're yeah. gonna
1: take another break here real quick and we're gonna come back and we're gonna continue this and uh continue this discussion about uh how you overcame the unsurmountable odds that you've overcame. All right, cool. No problem.
0: We'll be back. <clears throat> You're listening to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggin. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Attention,
4: looking for semi drivers nationwide. GTS Transportation of Burr Ridge, Illinois, is looking to hire a partner with experienced CDL holders in every state. If you are going to drive, why not drive for the best? Whether you are driving solo, as a team, or as an owner-operator, GTS is looking to add you to their rapidly growing company. Become part of one of the most respected, driver-friendly, and successful transportation companies in America, where drivers are treated as royalty. Contact us at gtscarrier.com. Again, gtscarrier.com. Or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. We would love to help you, which in turn helps everyone. GTS is an equal opportunity employer. Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Broadcast Network for over 19 years. High-quality printing services and warehouse distribution has been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com. If you are one of the 20 million veterans who served in the United States military, then this message is for you. During your time in the service, you might have experienced conditions and mishaps to have, or will have, an impact on your health and quality of life. Sometimes it takes years for these conditions to manifest themselves. Most veterans ignore the early warning signs and therefore miss opportunities that could have improved their health or extended their life. It is important that you identify underlying conditions early while you have a chance to make a difference. The VDAC software was created to help you identify presumptive service-connected conditions as well as assist you with filling out any of your VA disability forms. Not every veteran wants to file a claim. However, knowing what health issues to be aware of is an added benefit of living a long, healthy life. For those who want to file for their VA disability, the VDAC application greatly simplifies and expedites this process, and therefore produces a perfectly filled out VA disability form with supporting material. For more information, go to nifv.org. Again, that's nifv.org. The goal of VDAC, the Veterans Disability Application Caddy, is to empower you, the veteran, with a quick and easy tool that aids you with filling out your VA disability forms.
0: Welcome back to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggins. I'm back on again. Okay.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back here with Joel, and we're talking about his issues. I just want to really go over it because Joel's such a humble guy, and I'm not going to let him be humble tonight because Joel has overcame insurmountable odds. It's insane. Uh, Joel's blind. He's missing his right leg below the knee. He's been burned 65% of his body. Uh, amongst other injuries. And this man has, is an inspiration to me, and he should be an inspiration to all. And um, I'm just not going to let him be humble. And for the things that this man has accomplished and what he's, what I've witnessed him do is next to remarkable. It's crazy. And, uh, I've still
2: tried to accomplish. I've still got a few more things to accomplish in life. Of course. I mean, we all do.
1: But, I mean, for what you've overcame is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so – I mean, just, just put it in perspective for everybody else that may not know anybody like you or have ever seen anybody like you. When you came to my house, when I watched you navigate through your phone and text messages and websites, dude, I was
2: beside myself. I was like, what the hell? It's it was on like, your iPhone, too, man. It's on your iPhone, too. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> no, you don't, have, to, you don't no. have to use it because you're not blind. <laughs> well,
1: maybe <laughs> so. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe I need to maybe I need to cover my eyes up for a couple of days. But um, so when you went to the blind school in Chicago, like you said, how, how long was, were you there?
2: That was a struggle. I was there for it was either eight or ten weeks. That sucked hard. I lost like eighteen pounds, <laughs> and I was really like one eighty. I went down like one no. I was like I was like one eighty five. I went down like one seventy. Even, and that was not healthy for me, for my height. That was not healthy. Was well, it was good. Just cause healthy. you were just cause you were worried or it was just not no, no, worried. The food sucked I mean, it's government food. <laughs> <laughs> you're really here. <laughs> like, I discovered I could order food out. So I, I spent more money on ordering food and eating like one meal a day. So I actually managed to get my money, like my food, my, my weight back up again. <laughs> and I was like, ah, this sucks. Like, What do you want? Like now I've passed food here sucks. All right. Let's so,
1: see, what are you doing? well, let, here let's let's skip it. Let's let's just move on a little bit and let's get it. Yeah. Let's get to where, what you've accomplished because it's yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty impressive what you're able to do. Because I know in the beginning of the show you mentioned hunting. You mentioned you got into waterfowl hunting and all this and that. And of course, everybody knows that I'm a big hunter and I love hunting. Yeah. And um, so explain that to our listeners of what a hunting trip is like
2: for you. It depends if it's with a group of guys, obviously like with Wunderwear Outdoor, Um, those guys are awesome, a wonderful group with a lot of characters. It's just fun because it's all controlled, we're safe, you know, no alcohol is involved the way it's supposed to be. Um, and amongst other things, uh, it depends. Sometimes it's a quick weekend trip to go do something. Other times it's a little longer, where it's just more camaraderie. we're all talking about our experiences, companionship like, and camaraderie that's been really good bringing us all together and then I go to other organizations that want to bring other veterans together and we just do off and get a chance to know each other and we stay connected and that's nice <clears throat> and eventually set things up in the future outside of the organization. It's have fun doing other stuff um I just came back from the Carolinas. I got an last tundra swan tag that I drew, so my last chance to fill that would be this next Saturday on a disabled, and the day is the, you know, a disabled hunt day, and also it's the youth day too, for ducks and for any other waterfowl, so I will go fill my tag this next Saturday, so that's kind of okay. nice.
1: So that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. So uh, people that are listening, they're like, this this guy's blind. How in the hell is he hunting? So he oh, explain Yeah. That.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. my shotgun, my shotgun, my shotgun, my shotgun. Turns out I can have a laser on my shotgun. Most people can't because once a duck sees it, they fly off. Uh, if a de- duck would decoy in, turn the laser on far above them, and if it's green, it's visible within 15 to 25 yards. Um, I'm just guided, just left, left, down, down, left, left, right, left, left, right. shoot, shoot, shoot. I pop one shot, second shot, and that's it. usually get rid of the animal, um, and I mean, you know, harvest it, I guess you could say, then we recover it. Either we have the dog go get it or a human goes out there and they act as a retrieving dog, which works well for me because me and cold water don't get along too well. I don't think anybody likes cold water, to be honest. If you do, you're crazy or you're probably Navy SEAL. It's just how it is. You know how these guys are. They're good people though. Um, let me see. Oh, it's been good. Uh I got a sandhill crane last year and I didn't have to put the laser on, it's just there were so many I was told to put my shotgun on top of my shoulder and because of the angle I just shot and I actually put one down. it it, it fell down, it went down and it killed it. It killed it dead and uh they're good eating. They're very good eating. They are. That's the, Yeah, so it's a flying steak. Yeah. <laughs> a rib by the sky. <laughs> That's right, man. So
1: okay. what else what else have you harvested?
2: Um, the all dad, I was with, uh, I was with, uh, Steve when I got my all dad, we drove down next day, slept a little bit next day, harvested the same day and then came back the day after. It was awesome. Um, that actually came back the same day. So it was like next day, same day. So we only stayed there for one night instead of two days. I went down to Marfa, Texas, um, got myself a bull ram. I got myself a nice ram. Very perfectly symmetrical. <clears throat> he got us to yeah, use his rifle. So he zeroed it in. It was a 575 yard shot. Um, yeah, it was uh, Barber Creek. Barber Creek rifles are amazing.
1: So For was, sure they uh, are, but I'm not going to let you get off that easy. So you shot a ram. You're blind. You shot yeah. a ram at 575 yards. Uh
2: a uh, a lot of the, uh, the optics and also the fact that my prosthetist, you know who makes your legs and makes mine he's not incompetent he knows what he's doing, so it worked out well um he's there right, at the right. end.
1: I yeah i got you but i'm I'm trying to I, I want the listeners to understand how this process works and so because if 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 I was to go tell and this is a different. <laughs> And I can say this because you and I are friends and we joke yeah. with each other all the time. Yeah. If I was to go out in public to a bar and I'm having a drink and I say, hey, my buddy, uh, he's, he's blind. He can't see shit. And he shot
2: a ram at 575 yards. They would call me a liar. And so that's there's five people who witnessed this, five people who witnessed it. One of them is very skeptical. I mean, you know, he's not a Texan, but he does walk around with a big old belt buckle. So, you know, it's kind of uh, kind of kind of skeptical. He he tells the truth most of the time, but I don't know if he's always telling the truth. Good man though. Good man. Um the other people <laughs> I think they recorded it. <coughs> so, no no no. I, I, there's no doubt. But
1: so yeah. you're 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 hunting an audit, so you have somebody looking through is are they looking through a computer that your scope's looking no, through? The, I the
2: the phone scope. The phone scope. They're using the phone scope. Is <laughs> <coughs> a phone is the iPhone eleven or twelve at the time on the side, it's on the side of the rifle. And then she right. got the thing locked in, he called the windows wrong, but thankfully it worked out and I didn't squeeze the trigger. And he said, he's like, he said, shoot. And like, no, because my word is fire. So we <laughs> argued and I was on the shotgun, I was on the rifle locked in. And he's like, shoot. I'm like, and I didn't press the trigger. I'm thankful I didn't, cause it tipped the thing a little bit, threw off the focus and then it was a uh, better cause the animal hadn't like laid down and I shot it and went through and straight through its butt and way straight through his shoulder and dropped it completely. It's a Texas hard shot. It wasn't Texas. <laughs> I guess you could call that. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, he, he called the wind is wrong. He should have been left instead of right. And it's fine. It worked out very nicely, and it was a nice shot. We were just celebrating. Like, wow, instead it got dark, so I couldn't get up on the cliff. It was at 610 feet up in elevation. And they had to go up pretty, pretty, pretty high up to get that. They caped it and brought it down for me. And it was, it was good. And I'm like, ah. I'd love to get up there, but you had three grown humans getting up there, and they were falling in the process of trying to get up there. I was like, nah, I'll pass. I'm going to stay down here.
0: <laughs> I'll stay down
2: here. I was like, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Guys. Hey, guys, I'll well, I, so, yeah, I,
1: I, just, I just wanted to clear that up for the listeners because you know, there's not a lot of a lot of people that quite understand, but, you know, most a lot of people those things may not hunt or whatever. So a phone scope is it's an attachment that goes onto a scope, and you can hook an iPhone to it. So wherever the scope's looking, you can you can see the crosshairs and everything. And so they yeah. they take Joel, they get lined up on an the animal, they walk him in, and they tell him when to fire, not shoot, because he won't shoot when they say shoot. He'll no,
2: he'll, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll have a key word, I and things. Uh, we discussed that, like it's like he sounds so fired like, I'm glad I didn't not because then <laughs> the thing it moved, so it was, yeah, I was would have missed a shot, and I don't like missing
1: it happens,
2: but I don't like missing right that's
1: so that's right what it is. so to date, man, I mean honestly, not but uh, throw all your your humbleness aside and what is you what do you feel like your biggest accomplishment
2: biggest accomplishment is uh getting on my feet, speaking again i two hours of speech pathology for almost 17 months. Speech, a, a speech therapist worked for me for 17 months before she wrote me off, like completely good. And then I got out of the military December, 2014. I applied for college for the fall and fall, got into college the fall in February. They gave me my email saying, Hey, you've been accepted to the university of Tampa. I started fall of 2015 and then I graduated fall of 2018. So that was probably the largest accomplishment I've had. Um, I think so. I've been helping a lot of new organizations raise money, building home more homes for other veterans, or building homes for heroes. Um, .org, out of New York, I'm helping them out because they gave me my wonderful home here in Florida. Uh, mortgage free, by the way. Can't complain there. Um, uh, that's made life a lot easier. Um, yeah. Help me become debt free, amongst other things, and that's been the big thing. I don't stress. um uh, planning expanding my my myself a little bit more. So, if I will get into a little debt when I decide to buy something when everything crashes, but until then, I'm gonna you know <laughs> stick around. <laughs> Come on now, everybody sees through the red tape. Well, Bye you got it. it's high. So.
1: You got too. So, what, what's 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 Joel look like in in the future? What's what what do you, what, what goals do you have set for yourself?
2: Uh oh. I've been doing a lot of hiking, getting my endurance. I've gained since last time you seen me. I'm probably 20 pounds heavier because I love food and beer. Oh, no, um, that's
1: I'm going to work out with me, bro. Uh, well,
2: I don't know about Chicago because I'm not going back to the Blind Center until they allow me to get to get, uh, to get um, liberty. They won't give me any liberty if I go up there. They want me stuck in the VA. You can stay here. Oh, I understand that, but I have to get my schooling when I go up there. That's a problem. <laughs>
1: Well like next time you come up here you better tell me and we'll get together.
2: I'll let you know. I'll let you know if they give me live. if I'm able to take liberty then certainly we'll let you know. I usually let my buddies know when I'm up there. Uh there's lots of wonderful places. I'm a pizza fiend. I love food and there's so many different foods. You can get breakfast um all day long. There's lots of breakfast places that only serve breakfast, which is a surprised. I've looking up like, Man, I don't I miss breakfast. Oh wait, I can have breakfast for like lunch? <laughs> Hell shoot. I'm game. Where? I'm like, okay, oh yeah, this one like, I got it. Let's do this. Um, yeah, but you know, pizza's bad for you obviously. But I only do so much of that all of a sudden. Brillios, Lumonati's, um, Giordanos, a few of the regular ones. So Yeah, you're, not... you're way
1: more into food than I am. I'm
2: I'm 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 a little different.
1: But let's uh what what do you, where do you, where do you see yourself going? I know you're, I know you, I know you got
2: other yeah, well, thing is, um, possibly going back to work here in the next year, see what happens. It's like, I do get a job offer? and some expensive of interest r- 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 reached out to me, <clears throat> we're going to see if that works itself out, if it does, then I may be a GS employee within the next year. That'd be nice. <clears throat> I got expensive habits and there's some things I'd like to bid into at the sheep show because, uh, I'm just excited to even get a chance out of sheep. Uh, so that's my thing. So I got lots of points in lots of states. Haven't drawn yet, but I will draw one day. We'll see.
1: And um, well, until I'm going to try to do my best to help you out there. And if you get the if you get the hunt, I
2: have to go with you. Well, I, I did mention that I did want to go on a hunt with you, but you would leave me. You would. I know you wouldn't leave me behind, but you just go. I'm like, i like Steve. Huh. Like that dude's, dude's motivating. I'll carry you. <laughs> <Well, now, laughs> sad part is you could carry me. <laughs> <laughs> you are type of, you, you're, you're thinner than I am, but you are bigger than I am. Uh, listen,
1: I really appreciate you coming on tonight.
2: It has been uh, it's been a pleasure uh,
1: catching up with you. And thank you,
2: gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been an and honor, man. Just uh, do what I can. Life's too short not to enjoy and have fun and travel and do things you want to do because, you know, life is too little, Uh Death doesn't phase me as much as it used to. And I'm not really too scared of too many things except for God and probably my mother. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> Smart man.
1: Well, no, you know the thing is 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 we you know, we we do. And life's become so fast paced and we take so many things for granted. And that's why this podcast is so important, because there's so many people hopefully listening tonight and that will listen in the future that can learn from your attitude. And I know that you're a humble guy and you're gonna say, Yeah, whatever, but it's the truth. Nah, you really. you're in you're an inspiring guy, what you've overcame and what you're gonna to continue to overcome and the goals that you set for yourself and what you're gonna accomplish and you know in your years to come, we can all look up to and we can all learn from. And so that, but I really appreciate coming on tonight, man. And uh going to close man. up here. Yeah, man. And uh thank you. Thank you. But everybody listening tonight. I hope that you know it's kind of a joking session, but you know, in in all reality, it's serious. I mean, what what these soldiers that I have on this podcast give up, and the attitude they have, and the willing willingness they have to help others, and to continue to drive on with their lives is inspiring, and we can all learn some things from it um, tonight. Joel, Joel's he's a super inspiration to me um, for what he's overcome in his life and what he continues to do. Um, and I just hope everybody can learn from it and I hope you, everybody walks away from this, this show with, in just amazement because you really should, uh, this this show really doesn't do Joe justice, excuse me, Joel justice, but it, it, it's, it's all inspiring what this man is, what he's overcome and the attitude that he has. And if half of us in this country had the attitude that he has, it'd be a much different place. So thank you for listening tonight. We will be back next Monday with another show, and I hope everybody has a great week, and take care. God bless.
0: You're listening to Wounded But Not Broken with host Patrick Scroggins.
2: Attention,
4: looking for semi-drivers nationwide. GTS Transportation of Burr Ridge, Illinois, is looking to hire a partner with experienced CDL holders in every state. If you are going to drive, why not drive for the best? Whether you are driving solo, as a team, or as an owner-operator, GTS is looking to add you to their rapidly growing company. Become part of one of the most respected, driver-friendly, and successful transportation companies in America, where drivers are treated as royalty. Contact us at gtscarrier.com. Again, gtscarrier.com. Or call us at 847-754-4667. That number again, 847-754-4667. We would love to help you, which in turn helps everyone. GTS is an equal opportunity employer.
3: Dallas Corporation and Dallas Logistics, a proud supporter of the Veterans Radio broadcast for over 15 years. High quality printing services and warehouse distribution have been our hallmark since 1985, serving Fortune 100 companies for over 35 years. Check us out at www.dallascorp.com.
4: If you are one of the 20 million veterans who served in the United States military, then this message is for you. During your time in the service, you might have experienced conditions and mishaps that have, or will have, an impact on your health and quality of life. Sometimes it takes years for these conditions to manifest themselves. Most veterans ignore the early warning signs and therefore miss opportunities that could have improved their health or extended their life. It is important that you identify underlying conditions early while you have a chance to make a difference. The VDAC software was created to help you identify presumptive service-connected conditions as well as assist you with filling out any of your VA disability forms. Not every veteran wants to file a claim. However, knowing what health issues to be aware of is an added benefit of living a long, healthy life. For those who want to file for their VA disability, the VDAC application greatly simplifies and expedites this process and therefore produces a perfectly filled out VA disability form with supporting material. For more information, go to nifv.org. Again, that's nifv.org. The goal of VDAC, the Veterans Disability Application Caddy, is to empower you, the veteran, with a quick and easy tool that aids you with filling out your VA disability forms. VBN, Veterans Broadcast Network, brings you Wounded But Not Broken. Hosted by Patrick Scroggin. It lies within you to conquer your greatest challenges. Patrick tackles the stories of how others faced unthinkable odds and then at a pivotal moment, a change occurred within them that gave them the strength, attitude, and direction to excel beyond the greatest expectations. Listen every week and learn how it is possible to defeat the impossible.